are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Ethel. Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. But let me be clear. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This is your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You are welcome. I am Ben. I'm Fraser. Hello. Hi. Episode three. Episode three. (laughs) Episode three, I'm bringing my husky voice. Yeah, it's very sexy. I like Mm, it. What's going on? You're under the weather. Just under the weather. Is that a phrase here in America? Absolutely not. Really? I don't think so. Well, we'll find out. Mm, yeah. One of our many <laughs> listeners, one of our, our seven listeners well, may get back to us because I will say <laughs> we've had a lot of feedback and we do appreciate it. First up, uh, oh yeah, people, please do um, subscribe on Spotify Podcasts. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Just subscribe on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts where you can also leave a comment and you can rate us. When you're leaving us a comment, feel free to ask us a question, much like Teddy did. Teddy wants to know who the US equivalent, no, the UK equivalent of Sandra Bullock is. Who do you think the UK equivalent of Sandra Bullock is? Um, This is a tough one because you want it to be someone who has got, you know, actual talent and prestige, but then part of me wants to, you know, think of like a soap star that could be, you know, someone like that that's a bit rubbish that could be the UK equivalent. Yeah. So, you know, I was throwing around a Martine McCutcheon in my head because I was like, you know, we've got... What, just because of the hair? <laughs> brunette. I was thinking I was thinking brunette, then I was thinking <laughs> blockbusters, movies, you know, Love Actually and... Oh, uh, yeah. oh. Mm. <laughs> Well, I mean, I already said my idea to you the other day, but I was thinking Olivia Coleman. <laughs> now, hear yeah. me out. Both Olivia Coleman and Sandra Bullock, when their careers started, you never would have seen them and gone... Oh, she'll win an Oscar. Yeah. Like both of them are slightly unlikely Oscar winners, but they both got there. They're both beloved. They're both sensible. They're both the sort of people that if you like bumped into them, you'd probably have a nice little chat. Yeah, that's true. And that makes me really want to see Olivia Coleman in like Miss Congeniality in a kind of Miss Congeniality style. Oh, actually just Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Just a straight up remake of it with her. The British reboot. Yes, exactly. Where they've gone like overseas. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like they're doing a pageant in London. <laughs> where, where all the all the pageant things in London are like, oh, can you walk holding a cup of tea? Yes, exactly, and like a crumpet buttering <laughs> talent but- display. Crumpet but- butter off. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. So, Teddy, there you are. You want to know the, the UK equivalent of Sandra Bullock? It's Olivia Coleman. If anyone else has any questions, uh, or they want to know anything they need deciphering, get in touch. You can um, review us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to our Instagram page yes. at you are welcome America. Uh, just, you know, get involved. It's a revelation. I can look at Instagram again. Oh. <laughs> um, we've also had some other people get in touch. Uh, Gail in Edinburgh. She was... Who's <laughs> Gail in Edinburgh? Gail Do you know in Edinburgh, her? yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. You made it sound like an actual <laughs> listener. Like, I know. Oh, sorry. I ruined Fraser, it. I ruined it. Shit. Fraser, okay. come on. Okay. We're trying to do this. Okay, got it. We've got to utilize what we've been given. Gail in Edinburgh. Hey, Gail. Um, she was watching the Graham Norton show this week. Okay. Graham Norton show, US equivalent. Well, they have it on BBC America here, but I guess, well, I guess it's like Jimmy Fallon, right? Yeah. Well, she, well, she was watching, she was watching the UK's Jimmy Fallon, Graham Norton, and she was like, the Jonas Brothers came on and Graham said that they'd been gone for five years. And I was like, huh? <laughs> she just didn't really know who the Jonas Brothers were. Oh, really? But wow. I feel, I feel like we are maybe five years too old for the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. As in for their whole career, we've always been just a little bit out of their, yeah. out of their age range. Because they're not like, 
in the UK, they weren't big, were they? I don't think so. No. I think, but again, I think we were too old for that. Yeah. But also, I didn't care. I've never. I couldn't say, couldn't do an, a single Jonas Brothers song as a band apart from the latest one or the that one with all the their wives in the video. Sucker. Don't know it. No. I think I've heard it once. I mean, I know their solo careers yes, like I jealous. Exactly. Oh, I was about to say. Ugh. All I care about is the jealous remix with Tanache. Oh, Nick Jonas and Tanache. The jealous remix. Oh. <laughs> Who do you think the UK equivalent of the Jonas Brothers oh, I are? You might just say Tanache. Like, and also like, like the UK okay, equivalent of Tanache. Okay, let, let, let me think. Um, I guess the, U- the UK equivalent of the Jonas Brothers are McFly. Oh yeah, I was going to say Busted, but yeah, pretty I good. Think, I think more McFly because they have a similar trajectory in terms of like music age range. But also, do you remember when McFly became like hunky? Oh yeah. And like gay baity. And they were doing all those like, they did like a gay, I think it was like Gay Times magazine. They did like a shoot where they were all in like a sauna yep. and they were all buff. And it's very like, that's very Jonas Brothers to be like gay baity and sexy in their kind of older career. I think that's very And good. then the UK equivalent of Tadashi. That's a real tough one. Um, Jamelia. Oh my God. <laughs> Jamelia. <laughs> I loved Jamelia. She played my summer ball. Uh, at university no oh my god i'm an absolute liar she was meant to play our summer ball at our university and she cancelled and instead we got um big brothers oh, big brothers sure let's do. not delve into a u.s equivalent of that because we're going around in too many merry-go-round circles oh. anyway um just keeping on the kind of feedback train and um, we're just and we're just doing this we're getting through all this feedback before we get to our two main topics yes. today but yeah this is just a bit more admin um and again I don't think we should really address this in future because I'm already kind of annoyed about it. But um, we were talking about Take Me to Church in episode one and we said it was sung by (laughs) the Hoosiers and it was like, it's Hosier. And the Hoosiers were those, were that really awful, do you remember that band that had like just terrible songs? Anyway, I don't even want to talk about the Hoosiers, but we got that wrong. Hey, we're on a journey, but we're hey, open to learning. Yeah. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more feedback coming in from all the other things I've got wrong and all the things that I keep forgetting to mention to do with my topics. But there's only so much I can fit in and say, so deal with it. Like, there's only so much you can get like Googling for seven minutes before we record. Exactly. Um, I also want to give a shout out. Uh, we've had some Tesla feedback as oh. well. Um, Justin in London has said that um, there are a lot of Teslas in the city of London, like in the financial district, whizzing around. Oh. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, uh, what I'm going to refer to as core listener charlie definitely one of our core <laughs> listeners she um she sent us a lovely picture of a tesla charging station in norwich <laughs> saying that tesla was coming to norwich so it's not just london norwich i think we have already discussed this maybe not but norwich is my hometown where i'm from in the uk and it's uh what's the u.s equivalent of norwich Ooh, that is a great question um i've been told that the state, the, the the county that I'm from, which is the state, is the equivalent of Nebraska in terms of oh. it being isolated and everyone bleak, <laughs> bleak, and everyone <laughs> being from there being really strange. So I've been told Nebraska. So I guess whatever the the main city of Nebraska is, we don't know. I, I don't know, and I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> um. So yeah. So oh, I, another one. Uh, Michael. Michael in LA, he <laughs> was being shady about um, the fact that I live in Mount Washington in LA and I compared it to Clapton. He said, more like Forest Hill. So he was saying that Mount Washington is like Forest Hill in London. Do you know Forest Hill? Well, he's offended me 
there in the same oh. capacity because before I moved, I lived, uh, well, I lived in uh, East Dulwich, but it was just around the corner from Forest Hill and I'd sometimes use Forest Hill Station as a station near my house. So he's offended your, your place and offended me in that same comment. What's Forest Hill like? It's, it's fine. It's nice. It's really nice. Okay. It's just like a nice South London place, you know, they're all like Southeast London. It's very pretty. It's like leafy. It's nice. Pretty and leafy. Is, yeah. is, is there anything vaguely hip going on there? Emerging? Definitely. Oh, okay, fine. So just to kind of, I guess, catch us up, the other thing is we just went to Lake Arrowhead together, which was, we had a lovely weekend for Memorial Day weekend. Yes. UK equivalent Remembrance Day? Remembrance Day. A bank holiday. Same, yeah, same same idea, like honouring the troops. Um, and you got it. We, uh, we had a lovely time. We went to our friend Michael's uh, parents' house in Lake Arrowhead. Uh, it was really spooky and misty. It was like being in the mist by Stephen King, which was really fun. Um, and then we went out on, on the boat on the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came up with what I believe is a great idea. Oh. So it was <laughs> to remix the Star Spangled Banner for like fun celebrations like 4th of July and call it the Star Spangled Banger like an EDM remix of the Star Spangled Banner. And we were using We Found Love by Rihanna and Calvin Harris as our inspiration. I mean, Star Spangled Banger. It just makes total sense. Perfect. I don't know who would we get to actually sing the, um, sing on it. I imagine it, it needs to be like a strong, powerful female vocal. I was thinking it would be fun if it was like a collab of all the of all like the powerful divas that have done the national anthem in different ways over the past few years. Yeah, so like obviously all... Beyonce, but then like we get Fergie to do like a jazz riff on it from her. Do you remember her thing? <laughs> I think just Fergie. <laughs> just okay, just, just you're, Fergie. You're so right. Um, this is a, this is again off topic, but my my friend Paddy's that the other day we were talking for some reason we were talking about Fergie and he sent me this live vocal of hers that was absolutely insane. It was from the Black Eyed Peas days. And she, at one point she does like a hand, like a one-handed like cartwheel whilst she's singing. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And, like, and she, it's a GMA performance, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. A- outdoors in Times yes. Square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she is, the, the word, only word I can think of is caterwauling. She's got a busy time coming up now that she's going to be, you know, recording the Star Spangled Banger. So. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, shall we get on with things? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that translates British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You are welcome. welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, every episode we cover two topics, a topic that is British, a topic that is American, and we delve deeper and we translate it. Fraser, you're up first with topic one. What what do you want to talk about? Okay, so I am... This actually, this came to my mind last night because I had very grand plans to go to the cinema alone and watch the new Godzilla movie. Um, <laughs> which I ended up not doing, um, but I was kind of planning on going to the Americana, um, which is the movie theater cinema in Glendale. And it got me thinking about the Americana and just what kind of other shops and restaurants are there. And I thought about one of my favorite restaurants in America that I have visited, the Cheesecake Factory. Ooh. So I want to talk to you today about the Cheesecake Factory. Let's do it. So I am... Um, I've done a little bit of research just because I, I wanted to know some historical information about the Cheesecake Factory. Um, it's it's a restaurant for kind of UK listeners who have never been. Um, it's a kind of restaurant. Uh, it's not fast food. It's also not high dining. It's very mid-level mm-hmm. restaurant. Uh, in It's kind of all over the place, but there's a lot in uh, around LA and California. 
And it kind of is famous for having a menu so huge that you will never be able to eat everything off of it. In fact, I looked it up and on their website, they say over 250 dishes served and made fresh every day, which I think is a lie and complete madness, (laughs) sheer madness. (laughs) So um, I'll just give you, I'll give a bit of information. I've got, it's a quite a long, from this is from their website. This is about the, the story of how Cheesecake Factory started. I'll try and do like an abridged version. But the, uh, the story begins in Detroit, Michigan in the 1940s. A woman called Evelyn Overton um, found a recipe in the local newspaper that would inspire her original cheesecake. This is, this is where the story gets really wild. Everyone loved her recipe so much she decided to open a small cheesecake shop. This is where you think, right, okay, this is where the Cheesecake Factory would be born. <laughs> but she eventually gave up her dream of owning a business to raise her two small children. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, the story begins and dies with her dream in 1940. Um, So what happened is, in 1972, her and her husband uh, moved to LA. um, And she was still baking her cheesecakes for, like, families and friends. Um, And then the website is a little bit of hyperbole used here. With great foresight and intuition, their son David decided to open a restaurant to showcase his mother's selection of cheesecakes. Um, And then in 1978, the first Cheesecake Factory was opened in Beverly Hills. Um, and that's what spawned, that's from the 1978 to now is what spawned the entire chain of the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, so wait a minute. So it really the... was born on cheesecake, which is kind of bonkers because in all the times that I've been to the Cheesecake Factory, I have had cheesecake once there. Totally. <laughs> so it started in Beverly Hills. Wait, how many Cheesecake Factories are there in the US? And... I can't, I, I tried to find the answer to that and I just saw over 200 restaurants. Okay. Because here's the thing about, I keep on discovering about America is that there are a lot of like chains that are very regional. Yes, yes. Even like, even Dunkin' Donuts, you think of being an all-American chain. And it no, is. it's only just come to the West Coast, Yeah, it's it? only yeah. just come to the West Coast because one of my friends, Kate, is traveling around uh, the California right now from London. Hey, Kate and family. She's like, where's Dunkin' Donuts? But it's East Coast. Yeah. So, and it's even like with like CVS or like Rite Aid, all these different places, like, yeah, they're quite, they're quite regional specific. And it's the same with supermarkets like Trader Joe's. Yes. is very... Um, California-based. I hate Trader Joe's. Oh. I'm going to say that out now. Do you want to know why I hate Trader Joe's? Okay. I've probably told you. We should say Trader Joe's is a supermarket. Go. My problem with Trader Joe's is that I didn't move all this way to go to a supermarket that's as tiny and as small as a Tesco fucking metro Mm. where everyone's pushing their carts slash trolleys around, bumping into each other. There's too many people. They're tiny. I moved here to come to giant palatial supermarkets with food aisles as far as the eye can see and you know, boxes of chocolate and crisps slash whatever you call them, chips, stacked high to the ceiling. That's why I like that's why I like to go to big, big supermarkets. I support big business. <laughs> wow. I like spinning around in like a target, being like, I'll take everything. But wait, <laughs> what would you say the UK equivalent of the of the um of uh Trader Joe's is? It's kind of like a a, a fun Marks and Spencers. Because last time we said Gelson's was like Marks and Spencer's. It's like Marks and Spencer's, but like more fun and whimsical. A whimsical, tiny Marks and Spencer's. That's fair. Uh, okay. Anyway, back to the Cheesecake Factory. The the kind of most important location of a Cheesecake Factory for me personally that I wanted to talk about is on uh, my 30th birthday, We, you and I, um, it was you, me, Michael, uh, Charlie. Core listener, Charlie. <laughs> Core listener, Charlie. Uh, my friend, Millie, and my friend, Caroline, also known as Black Lace. We'll explain that one day. Uh, we all went to Vegas for my 30th birthday. Um, and for a birthday lunch, we went to the Cheesecake Factory in Caesar's Palace. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm> just... <laughs> You're choking at the memory of how, be- how wonderful it was. Um, it was... 
a very bonkers experience. That whole time in, in Vegas was completely bonkers because yeah. we were there for too long. And I will say Vegas is going to be a whole topic uh, for 1, another time. 1,000%. But the best part is there was a, a high point and a low point. Uh, the low point for me was when you made everyone sing happy birthday to me because it was awful. Because who likes being having happy birthday songs to them anyway? And I explicitly said, I do not want that to happen. And you all thought it was very funny to make the staff come out and sing happy birthday with a birthday cheesecake slice. I don't Furious. even remember. I don't even remember Do you that. not remember that? Nope. Do you remember also I was really angry with you all because you made me go and walk around Bath and Body Works? Oh, I remember that, yeah. And then the best part was we had an outside, I say in inverted outside table because we were inside a casino, but we were outside in the casino and we were right by a beautiful Caesars Palace attraction, which I did not know existed until oh. I was seeing it with my very eyes. And it was the, uh, the I think it's called the Fall of Atlantis Fountain. It's actually called the Fall of Atlantis Show, but it's essentially... <laughs> It's essentially a fountain <laughs> that on the hour, every hour, an animatronic <laughs> show happens with fire and water stunts <laughs> where they tell the story about the fall of Atlantis. And I, try, I tried and failed earlier to watch a YouTube video that someone had filmed of that fountain because in my head, I kind of couldn't remember what happened. And it was exactly like trying to watch it in person as in I couldn't understand anything that the animatronic robots were saying because it was echoing around in that like <laughs> kind of cavernous, cavernous atrium of the Caesar's yeah. Palace. So you couldn't, you couldn't tell what the story was. Like the animatronic figures move like <laughs> it just was, it was wonderful. I really enjoyed kind of reliving that. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of one of my main, I always associate the Cheesecake Factory with, mostly with that trip because it just, was one of the greatest kind of trips of my life ever and also just that because we sat there for so long we had the <laughs> we had the, the the fall of atlantis story i think like twice yeah. <laughs> we're like oh we've got to leave it's starting again every time i go to vegas i always end up walking and i turn a corner and i always find myself at the fall of atlantis <laughs> i've watched that show so many times and one time when i went the hand of one of the robots was malfunctioning <laughs> It made me so happy. Obviously, talking about the Cheesecake Factory, it's very important now to talk about the food. Oh, I mean, this is the star of the so show. the star of the show at the Cheesecake Factory is the food. As I was kind of saying just a second ago, that they have food, so many different food options. The menu is like 500 pages long. I feel like it's a bit of a hacky, like hacky like 90s stand-up joke to be like oh the menu of the cheesecake factory do you know what i mean it's a little totally. bit but it's I, it just factually i'm telling you it is about 500 pages long and you know there's dishes there's insane dishes it's like you'll you look at one page and it's it's just starters and that's like maybe four pages long and then you get to the burger page and then like five thousand pages later you reach like the cheesecake page and i always think my theory is that no one eats the cheesecake at the cheesecake factory because you will eat your main meal and it's the size of like maybe five thousand dinners yeah, but I feel like it's also, and this is quite an American thing, you'll order maybe like a starter and a main course, or sh we should say like an appetizer and an entree. Oh, as they're still, called here. still struggling with, I just have to remember appetizer as the starter and then, because entree sounds like a, a, a starter. The word, entree, the word entree should be like oh. entree. It's like, oh, the, I'm entering the meal. I completely uh, agree. Yeah. I find it very confusing. But I feel like a lot of people here at those restaurants order all courses yeah. and like nibble, have like a third of each yes. course. So you still take it home with you. Yeah, ex exactly. Yes. Oh, they love... I mean, that's one thing I do appreciate about the States in general is ordering a giant meal and then, like, taking the meal home with yeah, you. No and shame in it. No Everyone shame. Does People it. are very on board. And it means, like, the next day you've got a meal. Oh, I love lovely. It. Well, um, I've just got a quick question. What would... What's, your, what's like, your favourite thing to eat in the Cheesecake Factory? Oh, I mean, I'm very... 
it's very... a nice piece of salmon. Is that what you're going to say? No. <laughs> I feel like I, every time I go there, I get overwhelmed and I entertain the idea of looking at something different. And then I'll probably just order like a chicken club sandwich and some yeah. sweet potato fries. I think I think one of the greatest mistakes and triumphs I ever had was I ordered um, essentially like a chicken burger with pasta sauce on it served with pasta. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Oh, and like okay. Cheese. It was just, it was all things that I like. I feel like the definition of a cheesecake factory meal, they, they always love a pasta with chicken. Like yes. that's very them. And um, by the way, side note, I've just looked up, there is a, a cheesecake factory app you can get. Ooh. Do you want to know what it's called? And it's a registered trademark. Do you want to know what the app would be called? Um, the cheesecake factory? Cheesecake app Cake pay. Oh, <laughs> pretty good. Oh, I, I mean, I think I, I was trying to go for a more of an intelligent pun, but fine. Oh, okay. um, so just on the note of the food, I've come up with a, I've, I've got a little game for you. It's just a very simple game. I'm excited. Um, so one of the things that Cheesecake Factory is also a little bit renowned for is uh, their kind of high calorie content in their food. They're, it's very unhealthy. So I've come up with a fun game for you where I'm going to just um, read the name of a dish that you can get at the Cheesecake Factory and you have to guess whether... Um, the next dish is, is higher or lower calories. Love it. And um, what, what we should say is in the, the very laminated, colourful menu, they display all the calories. Yes, that's because of Michelle Obama, isn't it? I was about to say, yeah, yeah. it's because of a whole... Yeah. But I, do you know what? It's fair enough, because some of these are staggering. So we're going to start with, um, as you do with a meal, we're going to start with a piece of cheesecake. So uh, <laughs> the Oreo Dream Extreme Cheesecake... Uh, comes in at a 1,620 calories. That's for a slice. That's our, that's our first slice. Okay. So imagine we started with that. Okay. And then you think, oh, do you know what I feel after that Oreo Dream Extreme Cheesecake is a uh, carrot cake, a slice of carrot cake. Do you think that is higher or lower calories than the Oreo Dream Extreme Cheesecake? I think you're trying to trick me by the use of carrot as if it's healthy. So I actually am going to go against what I'm thinking and I think it's higher. Well, you are correct. It is higher. Not by much, but 1,720 calories in that Got slice it. of cheesecake. Mm. Okay, so then you're like, I've had a piece of cheesecake, a piece of carrot cake. I know what I'm going to have. I'm going to go for Sheila's chicken and avocado salad. Who's <laughs> Sheila, you ask? Who knows? <laughs> She's not that woman that left. <laughs> not that woman whose business failed. <laughs> and we should say that Sheila, actually, she's part of our, our list of 90s mums names. <laughs> oh my God, she is. What was it? We have, for, we have, Fraser and I have a list of uh, <laughs> names that mums would have in the 90s. Sheila, Carol, Sue. Anyone else? Linda. Linda. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sheila, imagine our Sheila from next door. Our Sheila from over the road. She, it's Sheila's chicken and avocado salad. So the carrot cake was 1,720 calories. Do you think Sheila's chicken and avocado salad is higher or lower calories than that piece of cheesecake? Is there bacon in it? Do you know? No, it's chicken and avocado. Oh, I'm going to go less then. Well, it's actually higher so there's 1,830 calories in Sheila's chicken and avocado salad. Oh, it's that dressing. Yeah. Do you want Sheila's to know, dressing. Do you want to know what goes into that? Yeah, I would actually. Because that's the kind of thing I would order. In Sheila's chicken and avocado salad, we've got grilled chicken, fresh avocado, mixed greens, crisp tortilla strips. So basically, they're just throwing tortillas into it. Carrots, cilantro, and cashews tossed in a honey citrus peanut vinaigrette. So that oh, must be where all those calories is in there. All that, those that nuts. Honey, and all those nuts. Dr- Chip strips. Yeah, yeah, cilantro, which is US equi- uh, UK equivalent, is coriander. Right? Yes. Disgusting. Um, okay, so you've just you've just chowed down on Sheila's uh, chicken and avocado salad at 1,830 calories. Next, you're going to order fried chicken and waffles. Higher or lower? Higher. Do you know what, Ben? That's lower. What? 1,190 calories in the fried chicken and waffles. But wait, is that is that because that's an, an entree? I wait, don't think so, entree? no. It's oh. just... It just 
that 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 vinaigrette is really going to get you every time. <laughs> Sheila's Sheila's devious vinaigrette. <laughs> Tell you what. So you're thinking after your chicken and waffles, you've got a hankering for a, maybe combining those two things that you've had already. And throw in a little reference to a mental illness that isn't funny and have Craig's Crazy Carrot Cake Cheesecake. That's Craig's Crazy Carrot Cake Cheesecake. Okay. So you're combining all the fun of those, the cheesecake and the carrot cake and throw it in Crazy Craig. That's going to be, that's going to be higher because Craig, or Craig, as they would say Craig. here, has everything in it. Well, I'll tell you what, Ben, it's actually lower. It's 1,160 calories in a slice of Craig's Crazy Carrot Cake Cheesecake. <laughs> I don't know how it's it's lower calorie than the actual carrot cake. Sheila I guess and Craig che- are shifty characters <laughs> in that Cheesecake Factory kitchen. Uh, and then we've got two more dishes uh, very quickly. Uh, this next dish is actually one I had in Vegas. Oh. And I can tell you it was delicious. It was uh, the macaroni and cheeseburger. Mac and cheeseburger. Um, is that higher or lower? It's 1,160 calories in the air. It has to be higher. Has to be higher. It is higher, but not by much. Oh my God. What? Yes, no, I'm correct. It's uh, 1,330 calories. So, you know, a lot, but not, you know, not, it's weirdly, uh, you know, actually still less calories than the uh, salad that we talked about earlier. Okay. Um, and just that one was so good because you get, a, you basically get a burger, like patty, so like a beef mm-hmm. burger patty. And then another patty inside the bread buns is a circular deep fried mac and cheese burger. So there is literally a burger made of mac and cheese Ooh. that's like breaded and deep fried. Ooh. So when you bite into your breaded outer coating, inside is hot, deep fried mac and I would cheese. Like it if the, oh. I would like it if the bun... It was two of them. Yes. Yeah, you, I would have preferred that because the, the bread is like redundant. I mean, no one needs I think the bread. I, I think I actually took the bread off because I was essentially eating <laughs> pasta and <laughs> beef and bread. It's a little much. Um, right, how are we ending this meal? Uh, do you know what we're going to end this with? As you do, a fun a fun sharing dish after you've eaten all of that. You go right back to the beginning. Um the, they call them the factory nachos with spicy chicken. Is that going to be higher or lower than the mac and cheeseburger? What was the mac and cheeseburger? 1,330. Is this a sharing dish? It is a sharing oh, dish. Oh, it's higher then. I'll tell you what. It is higher. Mm-hmm. And I did, try, I did you know, slightly cheat by putting a sharing dish in there. It, it's for two, it says for two to four people. Okay. But still, it is 2,910 fucking calories. Sounds yum. That is insane. I mean, it's just nachos and it has chicken on it. That's it. But it's just so much cheese and like sour cream that it makes it that high. I've got a very last last thing to wrap up before I work out the um, the, the UK equivalent. Um, so I looked up, I just Googled celebrities at the Cheesecake Factory. And well, I've just got two, two very fun stories to tell you that I found. The first one, <laughs> the first one I have no information more than just this sentence. But I feel like you're going to really, really enjoy it. <laughs> In March 2012, Kristen Cavallari, who was pregnant at the time, hit up a cheesecake factory, spending five hours inside the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Hit up. I love that. Um, And the... um, Oh, actually, I tell you what, there's actually three stories, so I'll tell you this one as well. Um, uh, Megan Trainer once told a story about the cheesecake factory. This story is so strange and banal that I wanted to read it to you verbatim. Last night, I went to the cheesecake factory, and my security guard said, do you want me to come in with you? And I was like, no, dude, it's cheesecake. I'll be fine. <laughs> I got in there, and I was swamped. Maybe I should have had security come with me. <laughs> I was like, what a weird story to tell. Like, a poor security guard tried to be like, shall I actually help you? And she's like, oh, well, the cheesecake's going to get me at the factory. It's like, oh, fuck off, Megan. No, it's so unhelpful. And then my final story is um, a great TMZ article that I came across uh, from 2014. Uh, in a story broke that Britney Spears 
our queen Brittany mm. went into uh, the Thousand Oaks uh, restaurant yep. and she left without paying her $30 bill. Oh. She didn't eat and run at the Cheesecake Factory. Well, maybe she's got cake pay. <laughs> well, I, I definitely did not exist in those days. Oh, that's but true. Just, I, just to wrap up that story, because I don't want to leave you hanging on a traumatic note there. There was a mix-up. She thought a security guard paid and he didn't. And she went back and she paid and then she paid the uh, the waitress a $100 tip. Oh. It's like, that's our Brit Brit, isn't girl. It? <laughs> so unlike Megan, she went in with security. Yeah, precisely. Maybe that's why Megan didn't want to go with security because there'd be confusion over who's paying. Exactly. And it, it just it said in there that she had uh, an appetizer and a salad. So she had a starter and a salad. I thought, oh, good for her. Good for her. Good for Brit. Well, okay. Although we know with those salads. <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> she had Sheila. Sheila. Oh, I like Sheila's chicken and avocado salad. <laughs> I'd like to speak to Sheila. <laughs> I like Sheila. Sheila, Sheila makes a good salad. Uh, I mean, Britney Spears is very the Cheesecake Factory, oh, isn't it's she? Primer. <laughs> I bet she sneaks to that one when she lived in Vegas. I bet she used to sneak to that little the one, little, Caesars. The one in Caesars and catch the uh, Fall of Atlantis show. Oh, she loved that. She would have loved that. The kids. The kids <laughs> love that. So um, just to wrap up, I was trying to think of the UK equivalent of the Cheesecake Factory. Um, and it was quite tough because actually a lot of our big restaurant chains are American imports mm, in the UK. Like so TGI Fridays and all that stuff. Precisely. All of the obvious ones that came to yeah. my head. Um, I have two options. I have kind of... Um, uh, one of them One of them is is just a personal one because it's one that I had near me growing up and the other one I think is a bit more kind of a general one. I think the UK equivalent of the Cheesecake Factory is Harvester. Oh. Because it is a chain that's been around for quite a long time. They have a lot on the menu at Harvester and there are a lot of them around. And I would say they probably have a pretty big menu and I, Harvester doesn't exist in the US. That's fair. That's where I came across my big problem because I think your obvious ones is like TJ, it's like eating in TJ Fridays, exactly. Yeah. But they have them in the UK. So I would say a Harvester would be the equivalent. And then <laughs> just as a personal uh, note, in Norwich where I grew up, we had a regional only, in the town that I grew up, we had, this was a regional only chain of two different, of two restaurants and they were called Zach's. Z, Z or Z, A-K, apostrophe S, Zach's, Zach's Diner. And it was all like American, supposedly American food, but the menu was pretty huge and it was all like big ice cream sundaes at the end. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like for people just listening in Norwich, Zach's is the UK equivalent. Um, and we also had Old Orleans, the restaurant. Yep, went to one in York. Yes, and I think that it's, that's also a very similar chain. And I did not realise it was a pun on New Orleans until... I was maybe in my early 20s. <laughs> totally the same. <laughs> Didn't enter my mind. We just used to be like, oh, go to Old Orleans. I just totally, I thought or Orleans had both old and new. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, there we go. <laughs> so <laughs> the UK equivalent of the Cheesecake Factory is Harvester, and then in brackets, <laughs> Old Orleans and Zach's in Norwich. You're welcome. <laughs> This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that translates British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You are welcome. Ben, what is your topic? I'm going to, well, my topic this week is a surprise for Fraser, and I'm going to tease it by playing Ooh. this little bit of audio. Hit me. So my topic this week is Victoria Beckham. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Why did you prepare me for this? Because you don't need preparing. So what are we going to do about our Spice Girls special episode? Spice Girls special episode can happen. Separately. Oh my god! Do not fear. I'm like genuinely distressed. I... And like 
Bamboozled. I am bringing up Victoria Beckham this week because in the UK, the Spice Girls have gone on a tour. They've gone on a tour without Victoria. I'm sorry, I'm genuinely clutching, clutching my face in like sheer delight and terror that this is happening. <laughs> that I didn't know we were going to talk about Vicky B. Luke. Okay, I'm, I'm right. Okay, I take a second to calm down. I'm back. I'm back. And also, sometimes I feel like we can over prepare for a topic. No, you're, you're so right. I'm going to look into your eyes right now, Fraser. I'm going to say, you've got this. Okay? So, okay. Victoria Beckham. I'm talking about her this week because she is British. People. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> I feel like people in the U- in the US have an idea of her, but they don't know. They do not know. So as I said, the Spice Girls have gone on tour around the UK. <laughs> I feel like hysterical. It's because I was going to say, they know Victoria Beckham, but they don't know Vicky B. They do not. They, <laughs> they don't, don't know Victoria Adams. They don't know Victoria Adams. Spice Girls are on tour in the UK. They're doing massive, massive, like, arena dates, like, giant stadiums, huge, okay? And Victoria is not involved. Victoria's given her blessing, but she's not there to do it. Yeah. So I feel like we need to talk about Victoria Beckham and what the hell is going on, okay? (laughs) Okay. So we're going to come back to that tour in a second. Although, let's just start off by saying, have you, you've watched some of the footage of what's going on with the Spice Girls tour, the current Spice Girls tour. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, I think it looks fun, um, but I think you kind of were talking to me, pointed out to me, I'm not crazy about some of the costumes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my problem with it is that I went to see them when they reformed um, for the first time. 2007. 2007. Um, and it was such a perfect like level of nostalgia. And, um, you know, we were so excited. Victoria obviously did that tour. So it was the full complete Spice Girls and that tour was just so, it was such good timing. And subsequently afterwards, they did like, they performed at the um, Olympic ceremony. Um, and, you know, they, they did a couple of things after, but it was just the perfect like level of nostalgia. Agreed. My worry now is that they haven't released any music, any new music. So it's just like, we've already done a nostalgia tour and now we're doing a nostalgia tour without Victoria. What's the point? Yeah, I agree. I, I think if I were in the UK at the moment, I probably would go to it. Oh yeah, we, we would have gone together to yeah, it, of course. Completely. <laughs> but I will say that for Mel B, Scary Spice, I think it's much needed because she's had, being very serious now, she actually has had horrific marriage and abusive time over the yeah. past 10 years. Yeah. So for her, it's actually really exciting yeah. and it's, it's lovely getting to see her do it. Emma Baby Spice is solid and wonderful. And I love Emma Button. I mean, she's just like a lovely creature, happy for her to do whatever. Mel C, like any footage I've seen of this tour, she's going for it yeah. and looks snatched to perfection. Yeah, she looks fucking great. She looks unbelievable yeah. and is just giving it all. And then there's Jerry. Jerry, I don't know what's happened, but she's incredibly stiff on stage yeah. and she seems really nervous and overwhelmed. It's bizarre. So I have I have a thought on this that does bring us back to Victoria. So when Victoria, we did, when the, the 2007 show, she was kind of stiff and subconscious yeah. and all the, you know, the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. I think Jerry's also is suddenly suffering from that same syndrome of like feeling the pressure of it too much. Yeah. And like Jerry's kind of lost a lot of her fun over the years in her kind of personal life. She's become very, you know, she's married this guy and she has this kind of strange posh life that she does now. And I think she might have just maybe lost a little bit of the fun and the joy and she wants to be like, an actual good performer whereas part of her charm for all these years is that she was kind of sloppy and terrible like she's always the one that couldn't dance famously and like she's lost a lot of her like joy de vivre yeah i would agree (laughs) 
So I was going to say, of course, we're here today to talk about Victoria Beckham. Oh my God. <laughs> so look, we all know the Spice Girls. We know that she was posh. The thing with Victoria, this, all the Spice Girls had varying degrees of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Victoria, as exactly as you've just pointed out, maybe suffered throughout the Spice Girls because she didn't quite know where she fitted in. Exactly. She wasn't the best dancer. She wasn't the worst. She wasn't the best singer. She, w- you know, she was the worst, probably. Absolutely. So... Looking back in the Spice Girls, one thing that she really did stand out in was Spice World, the movie. Yep. <laughs> this is where she excelled. And even though people take the piss out of that movie, she there are some scenes in yep. that movie where she went to town and also some of the reviews were very favorable to her. You have to... Anyone who has a, a, an opinion on her, a, a negative one, has to watch Spice World, the movie, with an open mind and realize that she is fucking hilarious. Oh, so good. So funny in that movie. The scene as which we reenacted last week in Lake Arrowhead, the scene on the boat where they're on the Thames, yep. all singing at My Boy Lollipop and all jumping around. <laughs> and she's just sitting there in a life jacket looking pissed off. Yeah, it's so good. The scene where they're in the hospital and they're speaking to the boy Malcolm. Malcolm. <laughs> I knew his name. Like Malcolm, who's in a coma. And they're all like, uh, Malcolm, I'm Elsie. Malcolm, I'm Emma. And then Victoria just shouts. And I'm Victoria, Malcolm. I'm Victoria Malcolm. <laughs> like she's incredibly funny. And then the she also whole- tells Jerry to take her top off to wake him up. She goes, "Why don't you take your top off, Jerry?" <laughs> it's such a bitch in it. It's brilliant. And at the end of the movie as well, she saves the day because to get to the Albert Hall on the bus, she's the one who's like, "Hold, Hold on, on to your, your knickers, knickers girls. girls," and she like drives the bus in her heels. So she's she oh, excels in that. She's so oh, she's anyway, so funny in that. So I think that is an important thing to note with her is her humor. Yeah. So now obviously when she left or when the Spice Girls sort of kind of ended, she she was like, what the hell am I going to do next? So she went into a solo career. Now what was interesting, again, she was <laughs> never the best dancer, never the best singer. She was like, "How? what's her USP? What's she going to do differently? So she released a garage song. Garage music. How the hell did you describe? <laughs> I'm so just... sorry. I'm like, I'm having like an actual breakdown. You've you surprised me so much with this that I'm like fizzing with excitement. Okay. How would you describe to Americans what garage music okay, is? So garage music came at a very specific time in the late 90s, early noughties. Uh, it was called the UK Garage Scene. And we should say, in the US, they don't say noughties, they say aughts. So like the, the aughts, early The early aughts. And they don't say garage, they say garage. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway, Something like that. Um, it was kind of spawned of a, kind of like a mixture of what we would have called dance music and R&B music, right? Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of like R&B singers and dance people like collaborating. And it's this very specific sound. It was called Two Step Garage, which was something to do with the beat and the way it was like the production of it being put together. But here's what's confusing is that like Victoria, posh, yeah. you know, in her black Gucci dress, she thought I'm going to basically do garage music. Yeah, it was it was like a big deal. It was it a happened. really big deal. So she released a song called Out of Your Mind and she did a giant like um, media tour and tried to get to number one. But she didn't get to number one, did she? No, she didn't. She got to number two. And that was a huge deal. Even that week when she was promoting it, like she would go to rec- like record stores, like Virgin yep. Mega Store, and she would sit there and you had to buy the single in order to meet her and to sign it. And I remember some fans were like, but we've already bought the single. And they're like, tough. Buy it buy again. It. Exactly. <laughs> tough shit, bitch. Still, buy it again. still don't get to number one. But who beat her to number one? Um, Groove Jet and Sophie Ellis Bexter. <laughs> 
posh versus posh. That's what the UK tabloids were saying. Oh, wow. Real posh versus fake posh. Oh. And everyone that hated the Spice Girls and hated Victoria Beckham got behind the other song. Even though I do actually like the other song too. But Out of Your Mind is a fucking masterpiece. Do you know what I did? I bought Victoria's, I like both songs. Yeah. I bought Victoria's single the week of release. Yeah. And then I waited. Oh, and bought the... <laughs> yeah, I bought the single a couple weeks later because I, I wanted to help Vicky B. You're right. So anyway, they did this garage song, only got to number two. She then had some other songs, Not Such an Innocent Girl, which I teased at the beginning of this. Oh, some great lyrics in that. What's your, got a secret rose tattoo, tattoo? I'm dying just, just to show you. you. I'm not made of china, I'm not made of glass. If you... Not made of china, I'm not made of glass. Would it shatter your illusion if this angel had a past? You have to really go soft for that bit because she did. <laughs> not such as the girl also features one of my favorite, you know, after the kind of the, the, when you go for the final chorus, you do like a breakdown, then you hit like a big note. Yeah. And it, it involves this note where she goes. <laughs> She's really about to go for it. And I know, I know the answer to this, but what is the most notorious live performance of Not Such an Innocent Girl? <laughs> was it Party in the Park where she wore a lip ring? She put a fake lip ring in and the UK press couldn't fucking handle it. <laughs> a lip ring? What? <laughs> yeah, posh and a lip I ring. I love Not Such an Innocent Girl. It also um, uses the term, she says cotton wool in it as well. So many words in that song that shouldn't exist. <laughs> Don't wrap me up in, in cotton, cotton wool. wool. Up on a pedestal. Oh my god! So I her solo career was girl. crazy, but here's the thing: she it, it, it was moderately successful, and then she came back. She decided to double down on urban, and in the second album, mm. the second kind of, I don't know, like wave of releases, she partnered with Damon Dash of Rockefeller fame yes, to put together two songs. Yeah. So Rockefeller. Um, Damon Dash, Stacey Dash's brother, Stacey, da- Stacey oh Dash. Oh my God, are you serious? Do you not know that? I never knew that. Dion and Clueless. <laughs> so they um, released a couple of songs uh, together uh, with him producing it. And she also became the face of Rockaware in 2003. Ooh, what a 2003 thing. So she really kind of doubled down on the kind of trying to go like urban and gritty, which is just crazy. She had no clue what she was doing. So eventually they did the reunion tour in 2007, but then she came into her own and she released, started to release her own fashion line. Yes. So there were different versions of this. There was a denim line, there was a sunglasses line, but she then released her own fashion line, Victoria Beckham. Now I've heard from insiders that obviously everyone at first was like, oh my God, this is a joke. This is ridiculous. But when she initially released it, she had um, a little show, not like a runway show, but like you'd hire like uh, during fashion week, like a room in a, um, like a hotel or something. And you'd have models just standing there wearing outfits. Yep. She greeted all the press individually and walked them through like every little outfit. Wow. So she like really went yeah. to town. And this is where Victoria's come into her own as a fashion designer. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because now the, she's won lots of awards yeah, for she's it. She's legit now. She is she? totally legit. I will say that if you look into the finances of the company, it is losing money, but I, oh, okay. but I we don't understand numbers. No, so whatever. Isn't everything losing money? I don't know. I think so. Um, and then, of course, the Spice Girls got back together for the Olympics in 2012. Oof, so this rough. is for the closing ceremony of the Olympics, the last time yep. Victoria performed the Spice Girls. What's interesting about this is that I think the only reason she did it was because, A, she got to wear a Victoria Beckham designed dress. Yep. And B, in the, opening, the, in the closing ceremony of the 2012 Olympics, there was a whole fashion section where they celebrated fashion I- icons, like British right. fashion icons, like Stella McCartney. And they also included the Victoria Beckham brand in there. Uh-oh. In 2012, 
it was not up there. I don't remember so that. I think they did a deal where Victoria was like, I'll do the Spice Girls if you include my stuff in the fashion section. Well, uh, that would make sense because she looked real shaky and nervous up on the top of that taxi, driving oh. around that black cab, driving around the Olympic Stadium. But it was such a fun performance. I know, but do you know what? I, I don't want to get into Spice Girls songs as a separate subject because I, I, it's too much. But Spice Up Your Life for me is just not where I would ever go to with a Spice Girls song. I love Spice Up Your Life, but it's just, it's so, it's the like, it's the it's the big like song that everyone would play if they it's put like on a spice. It's like Britney's Toxic. Precisely. It's like Britney's Toxic. It's like Reached by S Club 7. It's just, it's the song I don't want to hear from that artist. It's like Crazy in Love by Beyonce. You know, it's just like, I don't want to hear it. It's like, let's just, let's go for just even the next step down, which for me would be Say You'll Be There because it's one of the greatest songs ever made. But I, I hear you, but I disagree because I feel like the most obvious Spice Girls song is Wannabe. I, yeah, I guess. But I think Spice Up Your Life is always played at like a party. Like a, if you went to like a children's party, even now, they would probably, I don't know, carry on. Sorry. Well, I want to basically, my, you know, we, we're going to sort of finish up properly on her fashion career. And I think the best way to sort of show off her fashion career was for Vogue. She did the 73 questions with Victoria Beckham, <laughs> which is basically <laughs> one of my most referenced pieces of video clip of all time. Yeah. Um, it starts off just with <laughs> it's so basically those if you don't know them send three questions with Vogue it's like a single shot of like um, a camera just asking a celebrity 73 questions and Victoria's is so good because it happens in her store in London and it starts off like this hey Daniel how are you I'm good how are you so <laughs> And what's wonderful yeah. is that's her walking into the store, greeting a store manager called Daniel. And it's so awkward because she goes to shake her, his hand. He doesn't know what she's doing. And then they end up sort of doing a half hug. It's so wonderful. She's she got her coat over her shoulders. Oh, so yes. she's like doing this real like stiff shoulder walk. It's so Hi, it, Daniel. How are you? How are you? <laughs> it's so, so good. The failed handshake. Other highlights of um, her 73 questions are when she's asked her favorite flavor, she answers salt. <laughs> And also, um, she's asked if she could go to any country, where would she go? And she says, I'd love to go to Kenya. It's like, just go. <laughs> um, I think I've got, I've teed up some other highlights. Let me just play them here. What's one thing about you people would be surprised to know? Comedy gold. Like, <laughs> like first of all, that doesn't answer the question. No. Like, so what, what do people not know about you? Comedy gold. Like, she should have said, I'm comedy gold. Yeah, or I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. So that in itself is so wonderfully hysterical. But that brings it all back comedy together. Gold. Because if you think about it, I was saying Spice World, the movie, yep. she's genuinely funny. Yep. That's what she's um, actually good at. And even in, um, I didn't re reference it, but in one of the Damon Dash songs, the video for Let Your Head Go, she's like doing a parody I of herself. love Let Your Head Go. What an absolute tune. It's really hard to find in any kind of, now that we live in a world where it's all like digital music, that song is really hard to find. Um, also, um, just her being funny, did you have the two become one single cd single of when course you were i did i had them the all. one that had them doing the cover of sleigh ride yeah i think so so there's an amazing bit in the middle of sleigh ride so at the beginning they're talking about their favorite things about christmas then they go into the song sleigh ride in the middle it's like a breakdown where it's just like jingle bells playing and they start talking about their favorite things about christmas and that's right in the early days of the spice girls so mel sees like i like watching the footy on boxing day <laughs> um and then there's this amazing bit where victoria at the wherever recording booth they're in she just goes and then, and then laughs to herself and they all have to go, 
no, he is real, Victoria. Why would you say that? And it just really, I was like, even from the beginning, she was a fucking funny she bitch. She is so fucking funny. Um, on the subject of the 73 questions of Victoria Beckham, there is the spoof, which I'm absolutely obsessed with. So a comedian, I've showed you this before, yes, of course. Yes, she's great. There's a comedian who did um, like a parody of it. And what even shows, and I'll play a little clip of the parody. So someone pretending to be Victoria Beckham answering 73 questions. What's your favourite colour? See-through. And your favourite flavour? Water. So it's just <laughs> utterly fantastic. They ask questions like, um, uh, what's your spirit animal? Freddo. <laughs> Freddo. Uh, we've, very... we've discussed Freddos. Have we? We discussed Freddos, I think, in, a lot, in the last episode. There you go. It comes back. <laughs> what's the one thing you can't live without? My fingers. <laughs> but here's the thing. Victoria saw that parody yeah. and she tweeted it out. Yeah. So again, shows she has a sense of humor. Okay, before we get to the end of this, we're talking about Victoria Beckham. I need to talk about the time I met her twice. Okay. In 1998, I met all the Spice Girls on the Spice World Tour. I did not know this. What? How, did we, how have we never talked about this? Have you told me this before? I don't know. I've met them all. That's, you've That's seen fine. my autographs. I've got all their autographs. No, you've never shown me this. I have it. Remember I had that framed in my bedroom in London? Yeah, I just thought you had a freight signed picture. Met them all in a meet and greet. Oh they came God. around our tables and signed everything. I was like... 13 years old, oh biggest moment of my life. And uh, so you, they all came around and they signed things, whatever. My friend Amy, uh, when it came to Victoria, Victoria just got engaged to David Beckham and she had her engagement ring. And she, she was signing, Victoria was signing Amy's um, like picture. And Amy said, I like your ring. And Victoria was like, thanks. <laughs> so that was wonderful. And then... In my older years, uh, I more recently, I met Victoria Beckham because I was preparing uh, an interview uh, for David Beckham when he when I was working on a talk show in the UK. The talk show was basically like the UK equivalent of Letterman at the time. Mm-hmm. And David Beckham, I was preparing his interview. Now, the only reason I ended up being the one of like, because the way it works is you like do a pre-interview in the phone with him and you yeah. write the questions. Only reason I got David the reason I got David Beckham is I obviously know nothing about sport but yeah, I said in the office <laughs> I know everything about Victoria so maybe I should just have David they're like alright in, oh, in, my, in my pre-interview with David he was driving around the south of France in a convertible oh my god and the phone kept on cutting in and out he was wonderful and it was my final question to him I was like fuck it and I went David do you and Victoria ever like you know dance around the house to Spice Girl songs maybe after I don't know too much red wine and he went yeah absolutely oh my god <laughs> Anyway, David Beckham came to the show. He was wonderful to deal with. Victoria came along. Oh, my God. And at the very end of the show, this was the final show of the whole, like, season, and we weren't making any more. I would never normally do this, but I asked for a photo with David. I never do that. I did it with him, and I did it with Lady Gaga and Jane (laughs) McDonald. Well, of course. I mean, of course. We'll get to her one day. (laughs) The Loose Woman episode. We're so, we doing that. I have to do that. So I asked for a, a picture with David Beckham and Victoria was standing beside us in the corridor of BBC. Oh my God. And he was like, of course, I've got this picture with him. While I, the photo's been taken, Victoria was standing, you don't see in the picture, but she was standing to the side, rolling her eyes. Oh my God. That's beautiful. That's the greatest gift you could get from Victoria Beckham is her rolling her eyes totally. at you. Like, genuinely. That's like a blessing from God. So happy. Have you ever, have you ever met her friend? No, I've never, in no, in no TV capacity have I come across any of this that's a lie i've met i worked with emma bunton on a show it's baby spice she was literally 
I love the loveliest person I've ever met. As she imagine, was so nice. But now me and Victoria have never we've never crossed paths. We, we should also mention that um, listener Michael has uh, seen Victoria Beckham in LA at Ear One. Really? Yes. What? Wh- where? Which? Which? Victoria which with David and the whole family at Irwan um, on Beverly, just beside CBS. Oh my God! She was ord- He was behind her in line as she was ordering uh, a smooth. I think it was a smoothie. They made the smoothie for her. She took a sip, and she was like, "I don't think this tastes right. Do you?" And like gave it back, and very kindly but firmly got them to remake the smoothie. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, she's. She's, she's so good. She's so good. I want to wrap this up with Victoria. Just no, by... I don't want to wrap it up ever. I want to talk for hours about Victoria Beckham. Just by saying, so we, we started this off by saying the Spice Girls on tour in the UK right now. Victoria is not part of the tour. Mm. Here's how I think she could be part of the tour. What she should have done. Okay. She should have lent a hand in designing the costumes. Perfect. You know, her fashion expertise. She she has said publicly that she's going to go see the show. Yeah. I think what she should do, the final show when it's in London or wherever... She should go see the show and she should surprise the other girls. At one point in the concert between songs, all the lighting and music should go wrong. So it kind of goes, and all the girls are like, the Spice Girls are like, wait, what's going on? And a voice should come over the tannoy and be like, oh, sorry, girls, um, we've got a few problems. Just bear with us. At that point, like a pounding beat starts and Victoria should stride out wearing sunglasses Uh and just walk around the stage posing, walk past the girls and then she should grab a mic and say, I'm too posh for this. And then she should storm off. And that should be it. Oh my God. That is amazing. Do you think that's really good? I would, I, I you, even you just telling that as like a fake scenario, I feel like sick. <laughs> I want to like throw up. I feel so happy and excited by that. There we are. <laughs> oh, she should do that. How, and, uh, just surprise the other girls. Yeah. Or, or she just goes, Hold on to your knickers, girls. <laughs> stops out. Yeah, stops out, walks around. Like, because in the 2007 show, when they all did their, they all performed their own solo songs, she just did a catwalk. Exactly. Famously. Yeah. And oh, she's the best. So we need to wrap oh, this God. up by saying, who is the US equivalent of Victoria Beckham? Oh I'm going to give you an eye. I'm going to say mine. Yeah. And, I, I, and it's, it's a weird one. I'm flummoxed. But bear with me. Okay. The UK... The US equivalent of Victoria Beckham is Jessica Simpson. <laughs> okay, I am seeing what you're saying on quite a few levels here. She had the kind of, she had a pop career. She then was kind of known as a funny person on her on her reality show on Nick and Jessica. And also she had like a $5 billion fashion line, doesn't she? Exactly. That is wild. Now the fashion, like her, Jessica Simpson's fashion line isn't as high end no. or respected, but it's way more profitable. Yeah. So like you've got to balance out. And I, I think Victoria is far more intelligent than Jessica Simpson, but technically Jessica's more successful. Yeah. That's bonkers. Which is crazy. Gosh. Oh God. I feel, I feel like a deflated balloon. I feel like I've had an adrenaline spike and now I'm like coming down from a high. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to like <laughs> listen to a Victoria Beckham song. Just out of your mind to get myself back in the spirit. Do you do you do you have another idea of who Victoria? Absolutely not. Okay, you, you've you've thrown me so much that I I've got nothing left. This tune's gonna punish you. You're welcome, America. <laughs> Honestly, my hands were like shaking during that. I got so <laughs> overexcited. If you could star in one movie, what would it be? I starred in Spice World the movie, and I am still waiting for my outstanding achievement award. And we're back, and we're gonna round out as always with a really quick game of Welcome Not Welcome, which is where we uh, suggest things, concepts, places, people ideas that are british or american and we say whether they're welcome or not welcome aka whether we like them or not uh you go first 
um, UK chewing gum, which is not individually wrapped. <laughs> I would say very welcome. Welcome. Trying to get a piece of chewing gum in this country out of the various packaging is madness and insanity. Mm-hmm. And you have too many little wrappers. It's like, it's very 90s. Do you remember in the 90s, it was always like like double mint. We, you'd have to unscrew it from that. And they, they still have that same formula. Agreed. Yeah, I want a little piece of extra that you can pop out of the thing. Just pop in your mouth. Yeah, what colour though? I liked the like spearmint the turquoise. Oh extra no, that was the in blue, between. the light, the light blue. I think we might be saying the same thing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> uh, mine is welcome or not welcome. Seven Eleven. Not welcome. <laughs> what do you like about not 7-11? welcome? Because I think it's really expensive. It's yes. like it's bizarrely expensive. It's always really dirty. Yes. And I, I find the choice that has in there is baffling. Yes. It's Although wild. It's I, like I will I do always say though, if you live in LA or New York or somewhere that isn't real, mm. if you want a taste of what America feels like, just walk into a seven yeah, eleven right. and you're transported away from the coast. You're right. Slice of real America in a seven eleven, isn't it? I just want to caveat by saying that I think there are lots of wonderful places in America that aren't <laughs> New York or LA, but I'm just being real with you. Seven eleven, in my opinion, not welcome. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm also gonna say not welcome. coffee bean grinders in supermarkets (laughs) so i should explain that in american supermarkets they have a grinder there so you buy like a bag of coffee beans and you can grind them there and then in the store welcome or not welcome (laughs) i'm gonna say welcome because i didn't realize that until we were in like arrowhead at the weekend and i saw you doing it and my mind exploded to a thousand little coffee bean pieces (laughs) um my next one is Worcester sauce, Walker's crisps. Oh, welcome. 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 I love Worcester sauce flavored crisps. I feel like to say to an American person, Worcester sauce flavored Walker's crisps would be like going up to them, punching them in the face with like a crumpet and like smashing a teapot over their head and then like the queen coming in like farting in their face. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it couldn't be like more British. It, you know, just to, just to give you, it's basically just a flavor of, of, of chips. Yeah. Um, and Worcester sauce is this strange sauce. Spelt. <laughs> Uh, it's not like Worcester. War- War- Kester, Worcester, like, yeah. Bonkers. But it's in a purple bag and it is the most delicious fucking thing in the world. Oh, so welcome. Oh. Um, My final one, Jonas Brothers. <laughs> oh, back to them. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to say welcome because I like some of their song, individual songs and uh, I like that one song, Sucker. I'm going to say Jonas Brothers, not welcome. Jonas Brothers, solo projects, welcome. Well, that's exactly what I... Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. Great, we're in agreement. Mentioning it again, the remix of Jealous with Tinashe is oh. everything. Um, my, my, my final one, welcome or not welcome, Santa Monica. Not welcome. I'm going to agree with you. I, I, the reason I brought that up is because a friend of mine, um, uh, friends of mine, Hannah and Adam, came over. They were visiting, and I we went to Santa Monica just because they wanted to see the beach. And while I was there, I had a lovely time with them. I know that they're listening. I had a lovely time with you guys, but I really hate Santa Monica. It's so annoying to get to if you don't live on the west side, and it's just really irritating. You get stuck there, and it's where everyone British stays when they're visiting. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe I can meet you for a quick coffee in Santa Monica. I'm like, I, I, no. Okay, are we um, done? We are done. Uh, just, you know, um, me and Ben are going to go for lunch after this. This is not interesting. I just, I just wanted you all to know we're going to go and have lunch. It's going to be lovely. We should round this off by saying thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe yes. on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, do comment and rate. We yes. read comments. Like We read all your comments. There's been one. Yeah, there's been. I've, I've had like a couple of texts. Because we will say this is our first episode that we, we recorded since we, we uh, the episodes have started coming out. So um, yeah, we appreciate everyone <laughs> who are just our friends getting in touch, saying they've enjoyed it. So even if you are the only people that listen to it, then at least we're having fun. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Um, this has been your Welcome America. You're welcome. Bye. You're so far away.
Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Ethel. Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. But let me be clear. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This chill's gonna punish you.